The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Welcome to Marine and the Hippie, dialogue number 20, The Racist Bicycle. I'm Dylan. I'm the Hippie coming to you from Turkey. And I'm not riding a bicycle now, but I ride a bicycle pretty regularly. Let me tell you two quick stories and then I'll hand it over to Doc. I'm a bicyclist, a cyclist. I'm somebody who has at some point toted from head to toe spandex and gone out for a bike. Um, and I'm somebody who regularly rides my bicycle down to the beach just to take a dip in, dip in the sea. And no matter what type of bicycle rider you are, you're still a vehicle on the road. And the laws of such, the laws are such that you are deemed a vehicle on the road. Vehicles globally are supposed to give you a meter passage when they pass you. And, um, and you are perceived as a step up from a pedestrian and a step down from as a car. You're not supposed to be on the sidewalk because a sidewalk is for pedestrians. You are supposed to be either on a designated bike lane or on the normal road that everyone drives on. Now, two stories. Number one, I was at a light in Grand Junction, Colorado. And this was a light at like a five-way stop. It was a it was a big light, and it was it was getting me to go across the, the, the this like big, big, messy intersection, interchange, and then a, a straight shot up towards the Colorado National Monument. And I got to the light and, you know, I was like number 10 and I, you know, I'm a cyclist. So I was able to go up and I got to the, to the front and it was a red light. And then at the green light, I sprinted because at this light, it's really scary because it's a, it's a two lane road that, that feeds right after the light underneath the light. It feeds into a single lane road that um, is always messy, is always people gunning it and passing it. So I was in front of this big F-150 truck and the guy, you know, I was in full kit because I was a professional cyclist at the time. So spandex head to toe. And this guy starts playing on the horn. Eh, 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 eh. And immediately after I got past this like crazy interchange with like another uh, merge lane, I pulled over to the right where there was a very wide lane, uh, emergency lane for me to ride in. And this guy's just honking on the horn. And I flipped him, well, you know, my little finger. And I said, scream, you know, because... I'm in my underwear and this guy's in the big truck. And what does he do? He pulls over to the side of the highway, highway and starts screaming at me. Bah! And he gets out and he's like, bah! and I was like, okay. And I put my bike down. And I said, what? What's your problem? I'm in my underwear riding my bicycle and you're in a big truck. Who do you think is going to win? You or me? You 100% of the time. Now that we're on even footing, let's go. And he's like, what? I said, I'm just trying to get by. You saw me clearly after after we got through the stupid interchange that I pulled over and let and to let you pass, and you kept on honking. Why? 
And, and he looked at me like, huh? And then he goes, it kind of, he started to understand what I was saying. And I said, yeah, man, we're not looking to be in your way, but we are looking to get from our A to our B as safely as we possibly can. Because if we go down and we get hit by one of you big things, we're done. We're toast. And at the end of this conversation, the, the driver of the car said, man, I'm going to change how I think and how I drive around cyclists. Thanks. And he shook my hand and he got into his truck and he drove off. And that's how drivers should react to cyclists. They should just see us as, hey, there's a guy in his underwear. <laughs> if I hit him with my, with my car, no matter how small the car is, I'm going to win 100% of the time. Another example, I was coming down the, the Colorado National Monument. And on a road bicycle, you go really, really fast, upwards of 50 miles per hour. And I came around a turn. And in the summer, there's those little bubbles of tar that were really fun to play with when we were a kid. Well, they're not really fun to go over in a turn on a, on a bicycle or a motorcycle. And my bicycle slid out from underneath me. And I skidded about 100 feet on the, the right side of my body. And, and I burned from, I, I ripped my whole palm off and I burned all the skin off on the right side of my body, um, including most of, most of my, my bib or my, my bicycle shorts. So my right ash, ass cheek was literally exposed. And I'm bleeding, I'm dripping blood, I'm in a lot of pain and I'm like trying to get home now to like wash up and like get off my bicycle. And I have to make it down this down through the Colorado National Monument, through turns and, and such, all these S-turns. And I'm coming through one S-turn, and this car behind me starts again honking. I'm like, okay, I'm trying. I'm going to try to get, but I also, I also need it to be safe, and I can't control my bicycle to the best of my ability because I can only ride one hand, and it's like these crazy S-turns. So again, we get to like this thing, this straightaway, and he like zoops by me, honking his horn. And what do I do? Well, uh, you know, I use my horn, which is a uh, the bird. Well, and I, I don't, I don't even think I did the bird because I could only use one hand at the time. And I screamed. And he, what did he do? He pulled over, and I pulled up, and I was like, I just, I just started rallying to him. I didn't ask, ask him what his opinion was. I didn't say, I, I didn't care. I just started, and he's like, I have kids in the, and I was screaming, and I was using explicatives. And he's, he's like, I have kids in the car. I'm like, I don't care if you have kids in the car. You can't see the fact that I am a professional cyclist who's riding really weirdly down the hill. And I'm dripping blood. And my butt cheek is exposed. You, 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 you weren't able to, to, to view that because you were too concerned about you having to get past me. And it turned out that this guy was a pastor in, in a local church. You know, sorry. I'm a cyclist. I don't want to die. And cyclists are treated like, well, secondhand citizens on the road. And I'm, I'm not a person of color, but I assume that a person of color feels like this every day in life when, when other people are interacting with them. Doc, what do you think? Well, I come at this uh, from the bus driver's perspective, and uh, I assume we're going to uh, go to break here. 
uh, in the middle of the story. So I'll just start with that, and I'll say that the bus I drive is a paratransit bus, okay? This bus is about 14,000 pounds of metal and rubber and hoses and engine, and, like, it's got a, eight, I think it's got an eight-cylinder engine, but maybe a 10-cylinder engine in it. Once I get this thing going, it's not going to stop very easily. And, you know, this is part of my job. I My job is to move people around town uh, who have mobility issues, who can't move themselves, who can't get from point A to point B because they can't get a driver's license or because they're in a wheelchair and they can't operate a vehicle or whatever the case may be, but to make it so that they can live a more full life out in the community. And so I'm... I'm helping people live a more full life out in the community from getting from their A to their B in a 14,000 pound, you know, behemoth of a vehicle. And uh, the thing is, is that, you know, I don't know how it is in every city, but in Ames, for example, there's not really a bike lane on every single street that I need to drive on. And many of these streets are very busy and many of these streets are extremely, extremely dangerous for bikers anyway. They're extremely dangerous for motorists. And you certainly wouldn't want to be a pedestrian on any of these streets. Now, there's nothing between a biker and uh, and the um, and the road except for their bike shorts. And we'll, uh, we'll re, uh, reconnect on this, on uh, the topic of bike shorts after this break. You're listening to Dialogue 20, Marine the Heavy, the racist bicycle. We'll be right back. listening to the marine and the hippie hey you're listening to marine and the hippie dialogue 20 i'm doc and we're, we're talking with dylan uh, i'm in ames dylan's in turkey uh and we're talking about the racist bicycle on dialogue 20 today uh as i was saying bike shorts let's see what well, my train of thought again there's nothing between the biker and the road but their bike shorts and so if they get hit if they spin out or something like that they're going to go down and if I'm following them at a reasonable following distance, I can stop. Uh, this is part of my, my being a professional driver. I know the following distance necessary for me to stop the vehicle. And so I always try to control the space that's in front of me so that I can stop at, at need. You know, if a car suddenly stops in front of me, uh, I don't have a lot of time to react uh, in that van, in that huge paratransit bus. And so I need to have more following distance. I try, I try to follow bikers with that same amount of distance. I try to treat bikers like they're automobiles uh, when they're on the road because of the fact that if I do hit a biker, that biker is going to not only die, but they're going to die about 300 feet in front of where I hit them because I'm going to hit them that hard. No matter how fast I'm going, it'll knock them into the future. And so I try to treat bikers with the same... Uh, you know, f- almost fear or respect or, you know, courtesy that I treat another passenger. However, the the problem that I have in, in, encountered with bikers, and maybe Dylan can speak a little bit more about this, is that not all bikers are professional bikers. Uh, not, all, but not all drivers are professional drivers, but not all bikers are professional bikers. And bikers who are not professional are not aware of what's behind them ever, they seem to be un- completely, un- entirely unaware of what's behind them. Uh, 
because many of them don't carry mirrors on their bikes. Uh, many of them don't carry basic safety equipment to allow me to see them as I'm coming around a, cur a curb. And many of them act very erratically. And what I mean by erratically is they swerve all over the place, they drive out in the middle of the lane, and they basically create a very dangerous situation for both myself and them. And it, it seems to me that if you're going to operate a vehicle, you ought to know how to operate that vehicle properly. And that goes for a paratransit bus. I've been trained, for, and I have years of experience on the paratransit bus, to operate that vehicle safely and to know my limits and to know how to not overdrive the road and how to keep my spacing and how to make turns so I'm not driving up on the curb all the time. It seems like a person that operates a vehicle, a car, ought to be at least to some degree trained uh, to drive a car. And it also seems to me that people who ride bikes should have some sort of professionalism in the way that they ride their bikes, Dylan. I'm sure you probably have a nice rebuttal for that. I almost agree with you, almost. With the exception of this, all drivers on the road are professionals because to drive a motor vehicle on the road, you have to have a current and valid driver's license. So you've had to pass the basics of what it, what it means to drive. Whether or not you continue to follow the rules that you had to when you were getting your license is a different issue. So all vehicle drivers in automobiles and trucks and what have you have a driver's license, making them all professional, making that making them have the prerequisite that you need. Doc, I just want to interrupt here. Okay, not everybody who plays the game of basketball is a professional basketball player. Not everybody who drives a vehicle is a professional driver. A professional driver is someone who is paid and trained specifically to drive, Dylan. Uh, okay, so I'm using it. I'm using it kind of liberally, but we we can agree on the fact that globally, for you to drive a car, you need a driver's license, and a license is a, some sort of prerequisite to be able to get into a vehicle and move it. Because you did bring up a point, and and something that I do agree with, and some I can give another story that you see that there's a difference between a cyclist, a professional, we can see them, somebody who has a full kit and, you know, a helmet and, and such, and a bike rider who, you know, is not riding with a helmet, has no safety gear, has no mirror, has nothing. And there is a difference. And sometimes I think, and this is where I would agree with you, is sometimes I think that those, that those type of bicycle riders should be ticketed and should be held, held accountable for their erratic behavior, just like I think that a driver driving too close to me and passing me because they need to get from their A to B quicker than me need to be ticketed. Because it, it, it goes both ways. It goes, it goes into both directions of what is normal on a road and what is an elitist, the cars, and what is below the bicycle without the helmet and such duck yes well on on any normal road all right and this goes for the freeway although bikes are not allowed thankfully on the freeway uh they, some people still drive on a freeway but they're, they're not allowed uh there is a there's like a minimum speed limit and you can actually get ticketed for driving too slow if i come across an automobile and the, the flow of traffic is at 35 whatever miles an hour and everybody's expecting you to go 35 miles an hour, and I come across a vehicle that's driving 15 miles an hour down the middle of the road, 
that vehicle can cause an accident and probably will cause an accident. If I see bikes as vehicles, then I see a bike as a vehicle driving 15 miles an hour down the middle of a freaking road, and I'm coming on, it, coming on it at 35 miles an hour, that that vehicle then can potentially cause an accident. And so there needs to be like ways to get bikes completely off the road if they're going to ride at 15 miles an hour. If they're going to go at 35 miles an hour, which is you, know, you mentioned is possible with some bikes, then yeah, if they can go the speed of traffic, otherwise they become an impediment, almost like a wall, just waiting to you know cause an accident. Dylan? I don't agree with you because 35 miles per hour is the suggested speed limit, not the su- suggested speed range. I'm not, and I don't want to talk about the freeway because you are completely right. Bikes are not supposed to be there. But on a normal road, if somebody's doing 15 or 20 miles per hour, people just have to start looking at, at cyclists as being old people driving their big Cadillacs or tractor trailer, tractors or farm farmers in their tractors just clucking along um, because at, at the end of the day, it's not the cyclist problem that there's no place that that society has developed into a place in which there's no way for them to get from A to B safely, that there isn't a bike path in most places because those things take taxes and money. So the road is their only choice. And that's where the problem that that's where the issue becomes, because cars, like you've just explained, dog. Drivers feel entitled to do that at 35 miles per hour. They feel as though that's that's what they should. I have a car. I should be able to do 35 miles per hour. This vehicle in front of me is only doing 15. I should be able to run it off the road. Well, then then be willing to pay more taxes to get bike lanes. So that cyclist then going in the busy areas doesn't have to be on your road. That's fine. But until then, you have to accept the fact that they're there because that's the only place they're allowed to go. And they're doing something for the environment. They're, they're, they're not polluting. They're doing something for their personal health. They're, they're exercising. They're happier, their mental health, because their blood's flowing. But they, but they are entitled to be on the road, whether or not you like it or not. Because I, I agree, man. It sucks to get behind that person who you're like, oh, man, I'm in a rush. I got to go pee. And this person's going so slow. I want to get around them. But th- that person's entitled to do that within within the speed range. And the, the, the mile per hour sign is the limit. It's the fastest you're allowed to go. Many times I've, I've been going the speed limit and had cars fly by me or honk at me or tell me to get off the road because they want to go faster. And that's, that's a problem. And that's why bicycles, cyclists always feel viewed as being second class on the road. Because people think that we're not entitled to be there. We are. When we come back from break, we'll, we'll discuss this more. Are, and Doc will try to answer the question, are cyclists viewed as second-class citizens on the road? Thanks for listening to the Marine and the Hippie. This is Dylan, the Hippie from Turkey. Hey, this is Doc. And this is Dylan. And you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. Hey, you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. This is Dialogue Number 20, The Racist Bicycle. We haven't really talked a lot about racism yet. I think Dylan is getting to that with the second-class citizens uh, aspect of it. And maybe uh, maybe we'll get to that. But there's one thing that I 
would like to respond to since we're talking about bikes versus uh, motorized vehicles. The, the thing is, is that Dylan is right. People have a right to be on the road. I have to admit that. I have to acknowledge that. I concede that. People have the right to be on the road. Uh, we do know also that police follow people that are driving too slow because they're assumed to be on drugs or drunk or something like this. And they will pull over people who are driving too slow. And they will give them a ticket for driving too slow because it impedes the, the natural flow of traffic. It's not an entitlement thing. It's a, actually a, a safety thing. That's why police stop people who are driving too slow. It's a public safety thing. Um, and a bike, if it's a vehicle, you know, I agree. If they're driving erratically and weirdly, they should be ticketed. I absolutely agree. If they drive through stoplights like bikes always do, they don't think stoplights, you know, you know, apply to them sometimes, many times, sometimes. They always drive right through stop. Yeah, they should get tickets just like a motorist would. The thing I, the thing I think, you know, bike lanes would be one thing. There is some political apathy or some political hatred for the idea of bike lanes. That doesn't make any sense to me because people treat bike lanes as parking lanes. And I don't like that at all. I think that that's, that, that's a real, those cars should be ticketed if you're parked in a bike lane. If you have a city that gives you bike lanes. If you live like, you know, in Ames, Iowa, where they don't value necessarily bikers, we have to treat bikers then as pedestrians on, a, on fast feet rather than as, as motorized vehicles on very slow wheels. And we should allow bikers to ride on the sidewalk. You know, Dylan made a very emphatic point at the very beginning of the show that, that sidewalks are for walking. Well, roads are for driving. And I wouldn't necessarily call bikes, you know, driving on a bike you're riding a bike and it's a it's a totally different thing if we can't find uh if we can't find bike lanes or find money or political will for bike lanes then we should allow bikers to be pedestrians on very fast feet we would allow skateboarders to ride down the sidewalk we don't want skateboarders in the middle of the road uh bikes should be allowed to ride on sidewalks because it's a safety thing it's not an annoyance. I don't think that people should be denied the opportunity to ride bikes and to look for their health and to do something good for the environment. That's fine to get from point A to point B. That's fine. Why not allow them to, to treat sidewalks as if they're their own roads? So they're staying off of the road. They're staying out of the, the way of, of the cars and we can carry on with our business and they can carry on with their business without anyone getting hurt, Dylan. I like your point of view, except I don't agree with it. But it does bring me back to my to my original question, the racist bicycle. So is our cyclists seen as second class citizens? Um, yeah, I like your metaphor, but isn't isn't that metaphor the same thing as saying that black should go to the back of the bus? You're saying you're saying that that no, that, no, no. Uh, no, no, hold on. Let me let me finish. All right. Let me finish. You're saying that I'm a vehicle on a smooth road. With wheels, it's easier for me to go on a road than it is for me to go on a sidewalk where I have to stop at every every um, little alleyway, every little um, house uh, driveway, every little nook and cranny, every door. I have to, now I have to navigate through all these people who who also feel entitled because they are supposed to be there. You're saying, well, you're not allowed. You're not. Here, let's put you. Let's take you off the road, the easiest place for you to ride, and instead of us changing our point of view and saying, "Hmm, let's wait until it's clear to go around cyclists and give them wide berth and make it easier for them to be on the road," 
and ticket those who are outliers, which I agree. If you're if you're riding erratically in any vehicle, you should be ticketed. Instead, you're saying, "Oh yeah, no, we're going to put you on the sidewalk where it's a pain in, where it's a pain in the butt to ride." Yeah, thanks, Doc. Thanks, thanks for proving my point. Okay, Doc. All right. Well, first of all, you have absolutely twisted what I said, and I don't think that I don't think you accurately uh, represented what I said. So I will go back and say I don't believe that bikers should be uh, should be excluded f because of some arbitrary characteristic like your race. This is a choice you're making to ride a bike, just like it would be a choice that I would be making to drive a bus or to to ride a bus or a car. This is not something you were born with. You were not, Dylan, I'm sorry, you were not born a cyclist. You became a cyclist by choice, and you should, therefore, also take into account the choices of other people who don't want to ride bikes and who still need to, to utilize the road. And if we find ourselves in a situation where your choices are causing me to be in an unsafe situation, I mean, who, who wins in that situation? At, at that point, we come down to it. This is not an arbitrary characteristic like making black people sit in the back of the bus. This is that that is based on an arbitrary, you know, racial characteristic that that neither white people nor black people had anything to do with. They just said, "Well, your skin is dark, so therefore you should sit in the back of the bus." And furthermore, sitting in the back of the bus caused a, a minor inconvenience, whereas riding a bike in the middle of busy traffic causes a major uh, public health problem. Dylan. Yeah, but I. I... I take your criticism and I agree with most of it. I just see, I've just been riding a bike for the majority of my life and have, and have seen that, that drivers have a sense of entitlement. They, they feel as though they, that, that the road belongs to them because they're in a car. And even when I've driven trucks, the car, the, the, that, that normal everyday person feels entitled even over the truck. You've just said I'm a professional driver at the, at, at one of the, you know, and, and discussed about the bus and, and how if you hit a cyclist, the person's going to go into the future because you are a professional driver. You understand these parameters. Drivers of passenger vehicles don't. They, they view the, the road as the place for them, for them only. They don't even see the bus. They don't see the, the Amazon truck, the delivery truck. They don't see anything else other than, well, this is, this is what I'm supposed to, this is where, what I use to go get my Starbucks. And they cause a lot of harm this way. And that's, that's where I see the sense of entitlement and, you know, the weak, and I, and I accept that, the, the weak connection between true racism against people because of something that they're born with and some arbitrary thing, but it's, it's a way that we can, we can view it metaphorically that yes, a cyclist is seen as a second class person or a second class vehicle on the road because that person who's going to Starbucks sees nothing but themselves and cares nothing about anyone but themselves. Doc, why don't you close us out with some final statements? Well, you know, I, I can see there is a sense of entitlement for cars on the road. And there's a reason why. I, I think there's a reason. It's not a justification. But I think there's a reason for that. Is because roads were, if you look at the size of a lane, a road is about as big as an automobile is wide. And roads were not, the, the paved roads that we have right now are, cars are, 
cars fit in those. I'm looking at your face, Dylan. I can see that you have, <laughs> I can see you're not going to let me have the last word on this. If we find a way to paint bike lanes, to expand roads, to, to, to increase the width of roads, to allow bike lanes that could allow a bike to operate safely and allow cars to operate safely, then this would be a dis different discussion, I think. But in many places in this country, we don't have roads that are wide enough to allow a car to pass a bike, no matter how no matter how wide a berth they give. They have to drive in the other lane. And this is a problem. And it's a public policy problem that we can solve at the local level. But the fact is, is that right now, in, in, our, in our current lived situation right now, if I go out on the street right now, I won't see that bike lane. And I will see bikers who don't, take their their safety seriously and who drive their bike out in the middle of the road at a significantly lower rate than other cars are passing on the road. And so this is a problem that I don't think that, you know, that I don't think either participant is innocent in this case. You know, I'm willing to concede that, that cars ought to give bikes a, a wider berth and should pay attention to bikes because of the fact that a, a hit of a bike will kill the person who's riding the bike. I concede that. And the, the person in the car won't even notice that they drove over the bike or the person that was on it. Uh, you know, I can see that. But I also think that there's a responsibility for bikers to pay attention to what's behind them and to know, to be, to be aware of their surrounding and to not simply treat th the situation as if, well, if I get hit, then it's always going to be the car's fault. Because it's not always going to be the car's fault. A lot of times it will be the biker's fault. Dylan? I, I agree with that. I mean, I agree, I agree with most of it. I, I think that we... Where I was making faces was at the bike lane. I mean, at the size of the road. You know, I live in I live in Europe, um, or close enough. The roads are are narrower, and no roads were not designed for cars. Roads were originally designed first for walkers, then for horses, then for horse and buggies, then bicycles, then passenger vehicles. So, I mean, we we can argue that to tedium if we want. Um, but I think we can look at countries like France and say, how do you have such a bike-friendly country and look at how they how they've changed traffic small little issues small little solutions to changing the traffic to changing okay we're gonna we're gonna put these like little things that slow down traffic the car so the bicycle can keep on going but the traffic has to find a place to pass safely because a lot of the the clips where the, the, the cyclist gets knocked to the ground is because somebody is trying to pass with oncoming traffic and they just try to squeak by. And that, that's, that's, that's where, you know, you, you feel like you're about to die. Even if you are somebody like Doc is saying, Hey, I, that's what I do. I'm always looking behind, behind to see what's behind me. And guess what? If I'm doing 20 miles per hour in the middle of a 35, 35 mile per hour road, it's probably because there's a big truck coming straight up the other way. And I don't want somebody trying to buzz by me because if somebody's trying to buzz by me, I'm getting knocked to the ground. So there, there is, I think there is, there is some de debate and we can continue this um, at a later date. Thank you for listening to dialogue 20 with the Marine and the hippie. I am Dylan, the hippie and the cyclist. And I am the bus driver and also the marine doc and we will continue this discussion and i think that this is a this seems to be our first real disagreement out of 20 episodes so i'm pretty proud that we finally that we got here but it took us this long to get here 
you know, rather than getting right, getting right into it off, off the gate. If you want to check out our uh, information, look at marinehippie.com. That's where all our links are to social media and everything like that. You can get this podcast wherever podcasts are served. Uh, we will have it posted up and uh, you can check it out. Hey, feel free to write us and tell us. We got our email right there on the on the webpage, uh, marinehippie.com, or write to one of our Twitters and tell us what you think. Tell, let us know which one you think is right because there can only be one right answer, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, until next week. Oh, actually, next week we're going to take a break. So until after the uh, 4th of July uh, holiday, um, I'm the Marine and... I'm the Hippie. And we'll talk to you again. Peace. Ciao. You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. I'm Dylan. I'm the Hippie. From Turkey, and let me just tell you, Kolai Gelsen, may it be easy. Peace. For more information on The Marine, follow Doc at Supernova underscore Earth on Twitter, and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on The Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter, and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.